Welcome to the Stacked Supplement Podcast, the premier source for supplement news and reviews. Welcome to uh, the first ever Stacked Supplement Podcast interview that's on video. Like I've recorded all of them before, but this would be the first video. And I have with me uh, none other than what I'm going to call the, the kingpin of Japan or the kingpin of supplements in Japan. We have San Diego Sam. Well, you can just call him Sam uh, from Suplinks. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to be here on video and live and unscripted. I'm uh, I'm glad to show up. Right now it's 7.50 uh, Florida time. So thanks for having me. Yeah, so I mean, typically I have people on, no offense, but I have people on that people have heard of like a little bit, like uh, the CEO of this company or the CEO of this brand, like people that are out there. So you're you're out there but you're not like you know the face of any particular brand because obviously Suplinks is not a uh, brand it's a, it's, a, it's a Japanese retailer distributor type thing correct that is correct so I am the executive vice president for Suplinks and Suplinks is a e-commerce e-tailer uh, we basically categorize ourselves as a distributor uh, the reason why we do so is because in Japan, just to be real quick about the background, there are no GNCs, there are no vitamin shop, there is no mom and pop stores. So basically, the only means of uh, nutraceutical sales is through e-commerce. And we are one of the oldest, most established uh, companies that are a private independent company that are uh, brand building products out there. So I work hand in hand with the team and uh, it's it's just so fun. I love it. Oh man. So yeah, like I had heard of Suplinks a little bit mostly because of uh like I don't know if it was before you were there, but I knew of them because of obviously Gaspari. Like it's uh, you might have been there at the time, but I just remember hearing it because obviously Hidatada was with um with well, obviously still is with Gaspari and I just remember seeing it pop up every now and then. But then I remember one day because I knew you from a previous brand and I was scrolling through and I saw a Suplinks post and your face was there and I, <laughs> I said to my wife I was like holy shit it's San Diego Sam and then I messaged you straight away I was like what are you what are you what doing, are you doing? yeah what, what are you doing on what are you, Japan now what's going on yeah so you work uh like bringing brands basically or like connecting brands and like from the U.S. is it U.S. specifically like do you work with companies of, like outside of the U.S. or is it primarily or only U.S.? So basically, I mean, the quick summary, there's like a lot to unpack here. And I know we have a lot of time. So I'm like, all right, where do we go? So in summary, uh, Suplinks, the e-tailer company, uh, we have 3,500 SKUs. We carry over 80 different brands. And basically, uh, my specialty, my background is in brand building. I've worked for uh, contract manufacturers. I understand about the sales process. I used to be a uh, sales rep. I used to be an international sales rep, which is how I came into meeting Suplinks um, five years ago. And I've been working for them for the last three years, um, helping primarily U.S. brands build in Japan. But we do work with other brands outside of the U.S. as well, too. Primary focus, I would say, is like 95% U.S. brands because Japanese consumers want high quality, effective 
products from the United States. The U.S. is known for having some of the best nutraceuticals around the world. So the I I, I remember hearing this about China, where it was like, like the made in the USA tag is a like it's it's a big deal in most places, but it's a really big deal when you get sort of in the Asian area, like they, you know, they look for that, like spend extra money for that type thing. And and I'm guessing that's what you're sort of saying with Japan, like the brands that are coming in, like that's just what they're wanting. So that's what you you, basically communicating over there. Yeah. I mean, we love products made in the USA. Um, the, the, the consumer in Japan is different. Uh, I talk to so many brands and I'm always trying to educate um, the marketplace because it's such a unknown foreign market for a lot of companies. It's a very difficult market to penetrate, but the Japanese consumer is more of a premium customer. They care a lot more about product uh, quality. They care about the effectiveness. They care about the USA history. They care that the company's history, they care about longevity. They, they are more interested in brands that, have been around for a long period of time or have a very high quality reputation. So history and tradition mean a lot in Japan. And uh, that's why they look for US made products from these brands. Kind of makes a whole lot of sense about the Gaspari thing. I did always think like, I from obviously from my perspective, there are a lot of brands, well, not a lot of brands, but there are some a lot of similar brands to Gaspari, I would say if you're just looking from the categories they cover and all that stuff but if you're looking for a brand with history and that you're not you're, you're not going to find any because has been around for a very long time because you also got a nutribio right I yes we one. recently picked up nutribio i would say about a month ago and i've known dan and mike and all those sales guys over there uh, for a long time, I used to, you know, work closely with them in the U.S. market for stuff. But um, it started making sense into our portfolio. Um, I It takes a while to onboard a brand. It actually, like the whole cycle, the whole process is extremely long. Uh, it was even longer before I joined the company where it would take years to enter the oh, market wow. as a brand. Um, I've kind of help shorten that process by being able to communicate a lot quicker with brands and manufacturers and with the team, because I'm basically the uh, person who relays all the information back and forth really fast between the teams versus waiting for days or weeks of responses going back and forth. Um, but yeah, Nutribio, we just brought them in. I think we're at 53 SKUs that we brought in so far. Um, really good customer feedback right now. Um, people really like about the quality and the history about it so, so i'm oh, excited yeah, to see say, where like, it goes when you were saying gaspari history that's why i bought up nutribio i was like if you're gonna have a brand that's been around for a very long time and known for good stuff nutribio is right there it's very similar in the sense different branding and approach but obviously with the values that you were talking about there's fit falls right in do you find that because uh, and i noticed this when i traveled a lot like you would in America, it's pre-workouts, high stems, yeah, ten grams citrulline, you know, all this like, just the, just the juicy stuff, right? And we're sort of conditioned to think that this is better because of this, this, and this. But then when you go internationally, people's like, I guess, uh, demands and needs change. I remember when I was in Malaysia mm-hmm. once, 
and I was in a I was in a taxi and I said, Where's the nearest gym? And I was like, Well, you can lift weights and stuff. And he said he said, like looked at me real baffled. He was just yeah. like 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 weights. And I was like, you know, like uh and the only thing that came to mind Curly. to break a, a barrier was like Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? So I was like, you it's know, gotta be. gotta be Arnold. Yeah. That was all I could do. And he said, um, he was like, ah. Oh, yeah, like like bench press and i was like yeah 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 he was english was pretty good and then he said no one wants to do that here no uh, one likes he was, bench, right? yeah he was saying that like most of the the leisure centers he was describing them as were just mm. full of people wanting to get fit and their mm-hmm. perspective was very much like he's you'll find people run more often to like stay slim stay healthy stay fit when he said that to me, I was like, oh, you know what? That makes sense because muscles are not the most smartest thing to be doing efficiency-wise. Right. Is that like, obviously not the, the, the direct comparison, but is that like a lot with Japan? Like their goals are different. They're not trying to get super, super jacked. They're not like some people or this percentage is interested in this. Is it like a very different kind of balance? I would say so. What's interesting that's happened... Um since I've basically started paying attention to this market was I would say maybe six years ago, I watched this market start develop in sports nutrition, where it was more primarily focused on health, but wellness, like you said, more like cardio aerobics, yeah. not really like there really wasn't that many bodybuilding shows. There wasn't that many gyms. Even there wasn't physical locations. There was some, they existed. Um, but then what ended up happening was an explosion of fitness. What I'm seeing is like what happened in the United States so very long ago where this, I mean, we're talking about one of the most global, you know, economies, one of the most technological advanced cultures, one of the most traditional cultures who have this massive population in such a small area, all of a sudden start to develop this passion for fitness and health. So bodybuilding shows are coming there's ifbb pro events there is more gyms opening there are more people interested in fitness than ever before in japan not to take away that a majority is still on health and wellness and even at Suplinks, sports nutrition isn't our biggest category seller uh, we sell more vitamins and just general health items than anything else because the general population is looking to just live healthier live longer yeah. yeah, but sports nutrition is astronomically growing like year over year, month over month. I'm seeing new gyms open every single month. I'm seeing more pros, more bodybuilders, more vloggers, more everything. So it's just like we're in the beginning stage and I just get to watch this whole thing develop and unfold. And I'm so, so excited to see it. It's very, really fun. Do you think it was the San Diego Sam bringing the supplements that just oh, started it all or do you think it was just a pure coincidence that you came in and i mean it's awfully it's awfully coincidental don't you think i i mean i wish i could even take credit for that um i mean that would be cool be like yeah you know what i did it it was all me not the case i mean there was a layer of foundation that kind of came and my timing just happened to be very very per like just I'm at the right place at the right time. I just happened across that bridge with a company which by beyond odds, um, let's just say I'm the first American hire. We have over like 
300 different staff members. We have 17 offices in Japan and I'm the only American. And by chance, it was just by working with them and understanding their culture and understanding their needs, I was able to cater to things that they needed, but they had all the groundwork laid out. They just, Suplinks was originally created to be a box seller. So it was very like traditional, like an Amazon reseller. So they would buy popular existing products, um, brands that would sell online, brands that you would recognize, you know, at Walmart or Costco or like anywhere that's mass global market. And we would relist them and resell them. And it became a race to the bottom. It became a price war. There's no price protection. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no map. It's everything like that. So when I met them, basically, I said, why are you guys just carrying these top selling brands? Like, you don't have any, you know, exclusivity contracts. You don't have any, like, custom SKUs. You don't have any protection. You're just literally fighting with competitors. And everyone's just undercutting each other by a penny, by a dollar. It just... That's what e-commerce grew into in the like the wild, wild west days, as you remember. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and from there, basically, we just started taking one brand and and growing it. And then I was like, well, we could just duplicate this model and just keep doing this over and over again. And it just became a series of just converting our previous business model into like a hybrid where we still resell a lot of the top selling items that are requested by customers. But my whole focus is to work with very specific brands for very specific purposes to build certain SKUs, formulas, flavors, and to use whatever the strength is for that exact brand to basically leverage it into a momentum play. Like basically build up hype, build up the demand in the market. I want more people in fitness. I want more consumers living healthier lifestyles. Uh, I do it. I do it for the game. I do it for the fun had like a small Liam Neeson moment there where you like I have a specific set of brands yeah <laughs> I, <laughs> and I, was, uh, I saw you said, chuckling you over said, there I... when you said specific twice I was like he's this is an, this has to be on purpose he's not doing this on accident he's doing this yeah no this is specifically done yeah so I was like anyway yeah the uh yeah the brand you bought over like there do you find that when you're going to them is it so you, I'm, I'm guessing the brand you've gone to understand the uh, the potential that you bring with supplements and stuff like that. And I'm guessing you wouldn't really approach a brand that you didn't think had the capacity to offer what you're looking for, really, would it? Because obviously you couldn't go to every brand and say, I might need you to rewrite and relabel all of these. I need, might need a specific flavor in this. The macros on this need to be a little bit off. And so I'm guessing the brands you approach are the brands you just think or the brands that approach you, you want to continue that relationship if you think that they have the ability to basically, because what you're asking to do is like huge potential, because I get yeah. that with like China, I think is very similar in that sense. India, like a lot of brands just pass it on to someone that better understands it. So you obviously have to get these guys that have the capacity because not everyone has that ability or almost risk in some sense to sort of say like, do you find that the the more brands you've got though, because this, like you said, you've got a lot now. Do you think it's an easier sell, or like not like a sell, but like an easier pitch? Just like, hey, these guys sold this much of this brand. Like, it's not as hard as it used to be, I guess. When it was like, hey, make me this, and I'll try my best to sell it. You've got some yeah. great examples now. Gaspari, Redcom One's another one, and Nutribio. Like, they're pretty good starting points, I guess. To compared to you guys that you might want to bring on. Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. In the beginning, 
I remember my first like year starting there because I, I wasn't exactly sure what they wanted from me. Like when Sublinks hired me, they just knew that I was able to help them build the previous brand. And they wanted me to communicate with all manufacturers, all distributors, and just basically act like a purchaser. So I was hired to do that and to just do reports and present whatever's trending, what's popular, and just give all these ideas. And what ended up happening was because I came from contract manufacturing and because I came from cost of raw materials, I knew how much each product actually cost to yeah. make. Man, I came in swinging at brands, but in a good way. I, uh, I basically was able to negotiate price reductions to increase volume. I started changing the way of how much we would sell items. And eventually I started finding and just paying attention to market and understanding like what would do well. And eventually I took one brand and took it from doing just maybe like 50,000 annually to multi-million dollars annually. And all of a sudden, everyone's looking like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, why don't we come out with like an exclusive SKU? What if we come out with a different size? What if we do a series line? What if we do this show? What if we start getting involved with the community? What if we start hiring these athletes? So all of a sudden, we went from just being a reseller to actively working with the community. I mean, we, I started networking with um, pros out there. I would go to all the shows. Um, I had a lot of help and a lot of support from multiple people. So it's not just, Hey, I did all this work. I had all these ideas. Yeah. There was, there was tons of organizations like the FWJ, which is, uh, a, a show that is ran in Japan for, pro, uh, bodybuilding. And there's also Hide, Hide Yamagishi. Yes, he's amazing. Yeah. He's, he's, he's built the foundation of fitness in terms of bodybuilding in Japan. And it just became realized, I would say, like culturally uh, about five years ago. And so he's been promoting his own shows. He's always been promoting and making content. So he was like the first kind of informational source to people out there. And with that, now that there's multiple players into the market that are creating content, that are uh, bringing in new supplements and what we're doing, that's where we see this as the fastest growing international um, market for sports nutrition in the world. Like in terms of this, it's growing rapidly. Do you find that you, you said competitors, I can imagine that generally in supplements, if something does well for three months, it takes about another three months until someone <laughs> does the same thing. So like, did you find that when obviously it would have been harder for you guys because you can't necessarily tell how well someone is doing with a specific brand, but I guess, did you find that after, I guess when you would bring on a second or third brand, that's when people might've been like, shit, this dude's, this dude's cooking, right? Like, is that kind yeah. of when you started seeing other guys reaching out to, because there wouldn't have been that many, not oddball brands, but you would have got your typical internationals. I'm assuming like Glambier and Ayurveda and all that. Uh, so you call like already probably had strong presence but you are bringing brands that aren't everywhere traditionally. So I'm guessing if you Correct. saw someone else, it wouldn't have been hard to spot what they were trying to do. <laughs> and I'm guessing that happened quite quickly or did it take a while? Yeah. it. I mean, I was always paying attention to the market, just like I pay attention to the U S market here. I'm constantly observing about 
everything, raw materials, what our brand's doing, packaging, uh, all kinds of sales strategy. I'm just fascinated by business. And I like the whole concept of creating something new and just growing and scaling it. And what I realized with what the strengths of Suplinks, what they had, and for their willingness to innovate their business model, because they were an established, successful business that basically was open-minded to the idea based on one demonstration that was successful, that that turned into another opportunity that was successful, that then turned into multiple opportunities. And now at this point, it's like, basically I'm getting this like rain to bring this idea to the board and to the team and be like, this is why I think it's good. This is the items we should carry. This is the reason why for the brand, this is the history. This is what we're going to do. This is the price point. I've already negotiated with the brand. I've already kind of built those things. And that came from understanding that the market needs to be controlled. You know, you got to have price over the market. Otherwise you, if we're brand building, we're investing our own capital. Like, I tell this to every brand, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of brands hitting me up even more because of you, uh, but it is one of the hardest markets to penetrate. And I tell people, I will be so honest and just run you through the numbers. I'm a huge math guy. Every kind of plan that I make ends up becoming successful on that because I run it all based on math and the investment that's needed to kind of get into market. I am not your typical international um, distributor. It's not, I wholesale and buy your product and I go sell your yeah, stuff yeah. and that's our relationship. And you send me a media kit nah. folder and you basically send me some stuff and you're like, hey, you know what? Good luck. If you need anything, just let me know. By the way, I came out with a new SKU. You want to pick it up? And I'm like, listen, listen. I used to be an international rep. I used to work for a brand. I understand your needs. I understand what you know, has to happen. I will work with you. I will, I will accommodate what you need because I understand your needs. I understand that you want to grow SKUs horizontally. I understand you want to do this. I understand you want to do this. But this is what works in my market. And this is the way that we have to follow it. Once we do that, everything else is possible. It just continues to scale. It's very organic. We're not volatile. We don't have spikes in the market. We just consistently grow. That's how it works with us. Yeah, I've heard, like, I didn't, very traditional, my similar mindset. Like, I just assumed that everything that people liked in the US, if you went to the gym in Germany, you would like it there too. But I think I went to FIBO in like 2014 or 15. And it's just one of those things where you see something and you go, oh, like, and I went there and everybody was selling amino tablets, like big ass. Right, right. Horse pills. And you're like, Whoa. yeah, horse pills. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, wait like what and then I, I had some yeah. presentations from a couple brands and they were like this is our new amino tablet it's based on the uh, amino profile of uh, salmon or something and I was like oh cool and it's a suppository and it wasn't until yeah. I started looking around I was like oh shit they really like this stuff like this stuff sells yeah. really well here and then take that mindset to other European places and Asia I've visited a few times it was like oh okay 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 so not everybody likes the same shit, obviously. Like, it makes sense right. now. But then you had to kind of see it to believe it. And it sounds like you had not like the uh, ideal position, but it sounded like they didn't have the idea on innovation, essentially. They didn't, like, I guess they ran out of pages in their, their, their map. Like, they just took it to the best they could. And, 
like it sounds like they will didn't know what innovation was until you kind of were like hey you know you could do this shit right like do this this and this and i guess since they probably were doing so well it wasn't gonna hurt them to try and they were the only ones in there i guess yeah it first off on your point every market is totally different um oh yeah whatever now whatever <laughs> yeah now now you know uh, i learned that quick too because i didn't think so for like even very broad categories like pre-workout pre-workout oh, does yeah. not sell well in japan which just blows my mind like i was like what pre-workouts it's like the top selling thing in the united states that's what everyone wants it's different the like the energy drinks are like the energy drinks are like i've been there the energy drinks oh, were like eight ounces or six ounces i had to pound yeah. four of them to get a workout in yeah i, I was... remember the uh, it's the caffeine content super low like there was yes i know yeah it was like, oh, what was it? So what's crazy about this is that there's only energy drink wise. The first time that I went to Japan back in like 2018, there was only Monster and Red Bull. That's it. There is no other even like off-branded brand. There was no other yeah. brands that are popular in the United States. Like it was nothing. And I was so confused. And then when I looked at the back of a can and it was, oh, what was it? It was like, 30 milligrams or like 40 milligrams of caffeine. And I looked at it and, you know, mind you, at this point, I'm taking an excessive amount of caffeine and I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, I have to drink like 10 of these. Like, this is insane. So no, they're very caffeine sensitive. And that really shows with pre-workouts because a lot of my ideas were I learned, right? I make mistakes. And uh, I was like, oh, this, this pre-workout I know is good. I can try a product and I can determine just on like, you know what, this is really strong. This is really good. This is probably going to do well. Well, when I first started, I was like, this pre-workout, it's going to be awesome. Oh, horrible feedback, horrible feedback. And oh yeah, learning from those experiences, we were able to kind of adapt. And then I started really understanding the market trends. And I was like, wow, like people really love like intro products or nitric oxides or like uh, things that just kind of help with health or labor wise that are just totally opposite like if a u.s brand gives me their top seller list i flip it upside down whatever's on their worst selling flavor list is my Close top to it, to it... yeah absolutely easy easy money uh it's yeah i i remember when i was in i believe it was thailand and they were serving they weren't like i couldn't find a pre-workout energy drink and they had a, a tub of c4 at the at the counter and they're selling it by the scoop it's max yeah. two scoop serving. And I was like, oh yeah, sweet. It was was it 175? I can't remember the exact amount per scoop. And they were selling a, a price per scoop. And I said to her, I was like, oh, just give me two. If you can make it heaping if you want. And she yeah. looks at me, she's like, you know, you your heart will hurt. And I was like, what? I was like, yeah. and I turned it around. I was like, this is a different formula. Like, yeah, I know yeah, this like, is uh, formula. Yeah, yeah. And it said two, two scoops on the back. And I was like, no, it says two. And she's like, it's really strong, though. Not that C4 isn't going to hit, but right, right, right. The fact that that was the only one they had and that was her perception of it, I was like, oh, man. And I learned that a lot about Asia and energy drinks, just caffeine is in their deal. And it is. But not, obviously, it... you guys do extremely successful. So it's very clearly a world outside of caffeinated work. <laughs> Hard to believe as an American, and I love caffeine. I literally drink an energy drink every single morning. Uh, it's, it's the Harry Potter of supplements. Like you yeah, take it, and it gives you energy. It is yeah. ridiculously magic. 
I it's love amazing it. when you think about it. Yeah, so it's. Uh, do you find that, um, like you like you were saying, you get sometimes you get people to create specific products and flavors for the market. Do you find that like, yeah, it's cool when you see it in the U.S., but you see it a lot. Like I would say, U.S., Canada, and the U.K. are probably pretty similar, and Australia a bit. So you can do similarly yeah. cool things there, and they pop off. But I gather in places like Asia and even some of the like India and Middle East, like when you do a cool flavor specifically for them, I feel like it just blows their mind. Like, especially if it's coming from a made in US company, like that's gotta, that's gotta go off. Right. That has to hit. Right. You know, if depending on what the flavor is, because there are certain flavors, let's say like a lot of the collaborations that have come out, like things, let's say like fruity pebbles or like iconic childhood, drinks or candies or cereals all those things which i absolutely love and i try it and i'm like this is delicious will not sell in japan at all it has to be a very natural flavor that is found naturally and what i mean by that is like things like chocolate is natural like things like fruits uh mango lemon like anything melon anything that's they do like matcha stuff right as well don't they matcha teas teas do well matcha yeah. does well but those are all again like single flavor profiles that are oh, okay. naturally found in resources in a sense to to describe it and like if it's anything out of the box which in the united states does really well it's too out of the box out of there and it just doesn't sell so you can't mix things like a chocolate cookie mango smash oh, no. might oh no so like that sounds horrible but separate is is good yeah exactly you put it separate and it will sell and so like you could you could put a bundle you could do like a buy one and then get this one and sell it separately but if you mix anything that's crazy or even sometimes you know how the flavor names get pretty unique nowadays where it's like yeah, 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 viper's yeah. blood or like unicorn piss and stuff like that yeah yeah oh man love me some yeah anyways so with that, it makes it it makes it difficult because of translations too. Sometimes like mm-hmm. we'll get odd words that would just translate wrong. Where like even though the team will understand what like the goal is, it just is very difficult to kind of get it across. And it's just unknown. So if people don't know it, they don't want to buy it. The consumer, the consumer in Japan is so well educated and they are very very oh man they're so curious about everything i we our customer service gets so many emails for any kind of slight change whether like you know how we had the supply shortage where like the caps would change or like the bottle would be different like just because that's all that there was available non-stop emails like is this a real product what ended up changing did the formula change what's this Where's the sourcing from the calcium? That's like regular customers asking us very detailed, specific things. Like if I say that it's, uh, you know, I had someone that was asking about the calcium and where it was sourced from. And, you know, if it was from, let's say like a red kelp algae or something, they're like, but from what coast is it from? Like, you know, it could be from these two areas. And you're like, whoa, these are some tough questions. So the consumer really does their their due diligence. They look at materials. They look at what they're trying to get, and that's the market that we're fighting with over here. So it's uh, it's great because Man. it's it's tough, but it's fun, you know. 
Yeah, it sounds like a, it sounds like a fun job. It's like it, it's there's a lot of most markets are different, but very few have the I guess capacity or even the the San Diego Sam to to communicate to what they want. I feel like obviously Stoplink's made a fantastic move because like a lot of the things that you have seen in the US, they might never have heard of and never even think could apply to them. And then like you can just roll it out and it seems like a lot of the stuff, a lot of the things in the communication works. But yeah, I mean, because the last time I went to Japan was uh, 2016 or 15, something around there. I didn't see a monster. I think I, I, I remember it just being Red Bull and I think I occasionally found a green one. But no right. monster ultra at the time, right? Um, and I couldn't find a supplement store to save my life. Like, nope, Can't not find even a like supplement. a protein yeah. section at a mm -mm. supermarket or anything. There and wasn't the protein bars. There wasn't protein drinks. There was nothing like that. And nowadays, there are. There is actually aisles uh, of within convenience stores. There's like a whole section of protein snacks there's actually oh, protein bread there's rtds now in like um the tetra packs that yeah. there's there's a lot more i mean like i said in the last five years since i've basically watched this market has completely changed i mean it went from no fitness to literally the new wave of an era so like new consumers are coming in um, I'm, we're working on bringing in new brands. We're working on expanding categories. Um, we work with so many different brands. Like I was saying, 80 different suppliers that I work with right now. Wow. And it's, it's, it's tough. It is really tough, but there's, there's so many great products out there, you know, like there's so many great brands that are doing things right. There's so much information and, um, you know, as, as long as your product's good, it does well in the market. You know, Capitalism. I like that. Right? I, I always <laughs> like that sentence because the thing is, is you'll never find. This is why I find it hard on stacks because whenever someone approaches me, they always say, "Oh, dude, my product's different." And I was like, "Nah, it's okay." They're like, "No, nah, it truly is." And I'm like, "But I've always found that a difficult thing to hear because I know you're never going to come to me and say that your product sucks, right? No one's going right. to say." hey, check out my brand. It sucks ass, right? It's above average. You so should try it. <laughs> so, because, so because they never, they can never say that, I have a hard time believing what they do say. But that's, right. I mean, that's not here or there. But you're right. There's a lot of good brands, a lot of good products. And it just it's exploding every goddamn week. It's difficult to keep up, but it's fun. And now we've got to follow Japan's market because Sam is kicking it off and elevating the game. I guess one last question I have, and this is purely for me because I'm very interested. Do you find or did you find much change or like reaction and growth? Like with Suplinks, obviously you bring in big brands for the uh, the rival of San Diego, Sam. But when you started bringing in these new guys and really, you know, let's just say, you know, you didn't kick off the growth, but the growth happened at the same time. Right, right, did right. You find uh, coincidence. That yeah. Yeah, like, did you find that the domestic brands made a shift too, or were they sort of just sitting there like, like we're shit out of luck? These guys are whooping ass. Like, did did you see much of a change for them? Like, with that supermarket aisle and the protein RTDs, is it primarily imports or are domestic guys getting in there as well? 
Sir, are you referring, just to clarify, are you referring to the brands that kind of existed in market previously? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So or even if like like Japanese brands made there or made from around there or even yes. like newcomers, I guess, even if you saw a change in, because I can't imagine there being that many new Japanese brands rolling out right. ever. Was there like sort of shifts in that space? Like, again, domestically or locally? Yeah, so first off, the market cap is growing. So there's room for everyone to grow. And I I want more people to come to market because a bigger market cap is better for everyone, better for the consumer, better for the whole industry, better for everything. I want more gyms. I want more shows. I want more supplements. I want everything because it is good for the health of everyone. And yeah. our the owner of the company, Suplinks, he's, he's a philanthropist and his entire motivation of supplements is to provide better quality uh, supplements to the Japanese people so that they can live better lives. That's the whole purpose of his mission of what he wants to do. So he's always about innovation, which is why it's so unique that, you know, this whole opportunity came to a chance where he's like, he took a risk and he's like, you know, what? I'm going to hire you. Let's go see what we can do. And, you know, it, it led to that. So with all that innovation, the brands that were existing before, there has been some shifts, right? I would say some domestic brands um, in terms of like US brands that were global brands, there was a decline into market. Uh, some Japanese brands, new brands have grown. So it's a little bit of a power uh, change, but there hasn't been like a complete drop of, you know, certain brands and the growth of other, because it's just an elevating platform. There's room for everyone to grow at the moment. So it's a really good time into market. And so I'm seeing successful independent Japanese brands. I'm seeing, you know, brands like a spinoff from my protein that entered market, which is pretty interesting. Uh, it's a brand called nature can. And is it from it, the hut group or is it like a, ex-CEO created uh, his own ah. brand and because he was very familiar with the market and the opportunity and my protein is in there as well too. So there's some interesting brands that are coming in and that are independent, which is, I find fascinating because there's not many US brands that are um, entering by themselves. It's too difficult without having a partner yeah. that can help you with translations and no culture and have the background and history because the consumer wants that, you know, to buy from an authentic reseller, someone that they know, someone they can trust that has reviews. So it makes it makes it very challenging to enter the market. Hmm. Hopefully that answered your question. Little tangents here and there. No, it did. Like I said, I mean, it's very much, I mean, it makes sense. I guess like the category expanded and with it just sort of the brands grew. I was just, like I said, I was interested to see if there was, like I said, an infusion of the US and maybe the pre-workout category picked up or maybe these guys started doing some of these more unicorn piss flavors and unique things like <laughs> that. I was just, because I hadn't yeah. seen much and I know that being in the industry or knowing people is, is a huge part of it. Like it's, I'm never going to get suggested a Japanese brand on social media ever, like purely right. because of language and location. And even when you're there, you won't get, you might not find them. So it's, I find it difficult with markets like Japan, China, India to get any, I guess, scope of what it can do without actually being there buying the stuff and knowing people, I guess. So 
No, it was interesting. And um, yeah, man, I'm going to have to have to stop by. I'm going to have to visit at some point, go check out the, the, the damage that San Diego Sam has caused on the entire supplement industry of Japan. Um, but no, it's uh, awesome having you on. I think it's uh, anyone that I guess wants to get into Japan, hit up Sam. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I mean, for anyone that has any questions, again, uh, I have no problem having any conversation with any brand that's interested. Uh, because again, uh, even if we don't work together, I can give you a list of the competitors, I will help you with anything that has to do with entering the market, because the better the market is, the better it is for everyone. So feel free to reach out to me at San Diego Sam on Instagram. Uh, if you have any say, questions, I thought that was going to be your email, like San Diego Sam at supplings.com. I was like, oh man, you worked it in there as well. That would be funny. Oh, I should, man. I should. I should. No, yeah. Just uh, if anyone has any questions, they can. And um, I'm sure that, uh, you know, I'll be here again talking to you with some more updates. There's so much information and so many things going next on. Time, next, next time, time we'll be in Japan. We'll do it live. Wow. On the yeah. streets. That'd be pretty cool. That. We'll do it. We'll just do, we'll just sit down and just talk between each other. That'll be that'll be even easier. Absolutely. As long as we're eating some food and we turn it into like a food vlog too, uh, that'd be great. Oh, good man. Well, thank you for uh, taking the time and look forward to having you back again. No problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you, and I'll see you in Japan.